0: Judge Janine Piro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Janine Piro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. Now, here's Judge Janine Piro.
1: Welcome everyone to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday. It's a beautiful day where I am, this is where you are as well. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, I got to tell you, there's a lot that happened this week in America that will continue into next week. So let's get to all those topics and break it down for you, Uh, break them down for you. Now, the first thing and I think the most uh, compelling story of the week was the uh, almost certain indictment of former President Donald Trump that became a probable indictment, a maybe indictment, and now we don't know if there's going to be an indictment of the former president of the United States. Let me give you my take on that. The idea that a DA, a progressive Soros-funded DA, who on his first day in office said he would uh, uh, try to take felony cases, a mandate that they be reduced to misdemeanors in his effort to create social justice in New York, the idea that he would try to take what probably isn't even a misdemeanor, and turn it into a felony to go after a political uh, opponent that he said he would get uh, when he ran for office. He, Albin Bragg, and even Letitia James, the Attorney General of the United States, both of them, uh, the Attorney General, I should say, the state of New York, both of them said that we're going to get Donald Trump. So here we are in the United States of America, where prosecutors are not investigating crimes, they are investigating individuals looking for crimes. Now, this is wrong, everyone. It is wrong for a variety of reasons. It, there, it is legally insufficient. Uh, the the uh, offering that the the crime is offering a false instrument for filing, uh, and then that's a misdemeanor in New York. And then they're saying because it involved an FEC. Uh, a campaign uh, a, a offense, they allege that it's going to be made into a felony. Now, I want to tell you why it doesn't work. Number one, you can't take a federal crime and turn it into a New York offense so that you can raise a misdemeanor to a felony. All right. Number two, there is a statute of limitations problem. That This is beyond... Uh, Five years, it's beyond two years for a misdemeanor, five years for a felony. Number three, there is a jurisdictional issue. How does a state prosecutor prosecute a crime in New York that involves a federal offense? Does he try it in New York? Does he go to a federal court? Uh, you know, and, and by the way, if the feds in the Southern District of New York refuse to file a charge, and the former DA Cy Vance refused, and Alvin Bragg himself refused, as well as the Federal Election Commission refused, then why is Alvin Bragg changing his mind now? Because the one guy, Mark Pomerantz, who went into the Manhattan DA's office to get Trump, put up a hissy fit, wrote a book, and as a result of that, the pressure started uh, uh, ba- uh, uh, loading onto Alvin Bragg, and Alvin Bragg says, oh, now I'm going to prosecute. So one day we hear an indictment is coming. Next day the grand jury's meeting. Next day they're not meeting. We don't know why they're not meeting. But what we do know is that there was an attorney by the name of Bob Costello. Bob Costello went in and, and said that uh, Michael Cohen was his client And that Michael, he kept asking Michael Cohen if he had any evidence against Donald Trump because Michael Cohen was suicidal. He was afraid of going to jail. And Michael Cohen knew that one thing could prevent him from going to jail would be if he, if he went after Donald Trump, ratted on Donald Trump. He kept saying no, 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 no. And, uh, in the end, Michael Cohen lied uh repeatedly lied before Congress, he perjured himself. He was convicted. He's a convicted felon. And that's the prosecution case. Ladies and gentlemen, if we prosecute cases based upon insufficient evidence and based upon our hatred for the target, we are a banana republic. And we are in this situation uh, a sad, sad place in terms of our criminal justice system, where we reduce felonies for everyone and make believe and create felonies to go after Donald Trump. I mean, is anyone sick of this after seven years? They haven't been able to come up with anything. And now that the guy is an announced candidate for president, you want to knock him out in New York, Alvin Bragg? You will go down in infamy in history for using the prosecutor's office against a political opponent. And in the end, depending upon what happens, uh, you will, uh, your case will be one that will be examined in law schools as what not to do. I'm going to be speaking with attorney Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz, who's going to tell us his take on the indictment, uh, the potential indictment of President Donald Trump, uh, and the fact that, by the way, if the president, the former president is even convicted, uh, then it won't stop him from running for president again. So I don't know what they're trying to do. And I'm also, during the show, I'm going to be speaking with Colonel David Hunt about the external threats facing our country, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin meeting, discussing a new world order, the proxy war that's going on in Ukraine, China's efforts to go after uh, our young people with TikTok and what we're going to do uh, about it. And later on in the show, I'm going to gavel out with my closing arguments. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with military expert Colonel David Hunt coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network.
0: This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau.
1: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a military veteran and expert uh, after 30 years in the armed forces. Uh, he is now an author of some terrific books. Uh, please join me in welcoming Colonel David Hunt. Well, you may uh, uh, recognize his name from having been on Fox News for many years. Uh, he was often the expert on my show, uh, Justice. Uh, he is an individual uh, who served as a tactical advisor in Bosnia, and uh, he served as counterterrorism coordinator. Uh, he has been all over the world, folks. Uh, a special forces operational detachment of 12 soldiers he had, uh and it goes on and on from there i think that when you hear him you're not going to need me to read any more of his cv but i'd love to welcome uh, colonel david hunt all right colonel we got a lot to talk about so i'm going to hit it right off the bat uh we find out i mean you know today is sunday but we found out on friday that the uh the us uh, retaliated with airstrikes in syria after a an iranian drone strike killed a us contractor what can you tell us about that yeah, we've had uh,
2: 71 uh, drone attacks against U.S. interests and since in the last since 19, since 2021, Iranian ones. So it's not it's nothing new. Uh, the Iranians have a pretty good drone program. They're using the Russians are using them against uh, the Ukrainians. Uh, we have an active organ, active interest in Syria because of the uh, hunting uh, ISIS. So we've got elements from Joint Special Operations Command, and one, you know, the Rangers and Delta, and everyone, people um, going after ISIS. And Iran is clearly supporting uh, Syria through um, with this drone program. So we've had uh, we had about uh, three months ago six guys wounded, right? Um, and we had this contractor, which. Most of the time means he's working for someone in the intelligence community exactly and then we yeah. have five other service members mm-hmm. um, when they when the press i'm sure when the military lets that information out and says five service members without telling the type of unit it's prop it's more than likely one of the special operations people
1: interesting. All right. And uh, they say that two American strikes killed at least eight Iranian fighters. And it also a U.S. airstrike at an arms depot in Harabesh in the eastern city of uh, Dar al-Zor left six Iranian back fighters dead. Uh, and then a second one uh, uh, hit a town uh, and and killed another two fighters. You know, I find it interesting, Colonel Hunt, that we are actually hitting an arms depot, and yet we left Afghanistan and uh, left them with, what, what, $800 million in arms? Uh, A little contradictory, yes? Yeah, they um, they withdraw a
2: lot
1: of $800 million,
2: I mean. Yeah. We left them one of the most powerful militaries in the region, if not the most. Um, uh, the withdrawal with Afghanistan was, was a failure, the way, that, way it was unfolded. Um, how how we left that country, why we still have people that that helped us, Afghans who've helped us, we have to get out. Um, but, yeah, it's more than ironic, clearly. And, we're, and that has been an example of, in my lifetime, U.S. policy. It makes no sense here, but it makes sense over there.
1: Okay. Um, All right. Well, I'll accept that. Let's talk about the fact that this past week, uh, Xi Jinping and uh, uh, Putin, Vladimir Putin, they met together and they started talking about a new world order. What's your take on that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like, uh, that was, uh, is that not the largest meeting hall you've ever seen in your life, where those Where those two met?
1: Well, you um, know, with egos that big, you needed a hall that big.
2: Yeah, you it, do. It, it, um, gold everywhere. So um, it's for the, for the immediate fight, which is Ukraine, which we are having a proxy war and winning with Russia. It, it's important if China does resupply the Russian military with stuff they need. Um, financially, Russia needs a lot of help. They have the economy the size of Italy um, and China can help them. Um, it's never a good thing to see those two, two talking. Um, I'm not sure what we're willing to do about this, if anything. Um, we can't even figure out what to do with TikTok, let alone a combination of Russia. <laughs> it's true, without, without 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 Russia, let alone Russia and China talking. Uh, it's a it doesn't happen often, um, and it, we got to pay attention to it. But like. The issue for me is always, okay, now we've identified a problem. What do you want to do about it? And normally, most of the time, we don't do much.
1: Yeah, all we do is talk. And, you know, when you talk about TikTok, I mean, the the guy that they sent from China this week who testified before Congress, Mr. Chu, all of his answers were evasive. They were misleading. Uh, He pretty much, uh, you know, he denied that there was a sophisticated surveillance tool from Beijing. And, you know, he appealed to the 150 million generations ears. You know, tell me what you think I should say to Congress. And, you know, I have to tell you, Colonel David Hunt, the thing that I found so impressive and so um, refreshing this week, was when Democrat and Republicans seemed to be on the same side, and that side was the side of America. You know, the parent company, ByteDance, uh, you know, most of it, most of what's going on is right here in America, as if the, it isn't a social media company that the CCP can uh, at any point dive into.
2: Yeah. Um, again, yes, the U.S. government, I believe, Current administration is is going to prohibit the use of TikTok on any devices or any, any U.S. government devices. Um, that's one move. But in a larger context, we, you, and I have seen this type of um, talk about other things, starting with you know, with Facebook or the and, the and other aspects of the internet. And we never get at it. We do have these these hearings. People give these great speeches, and then that's the end of the subject. So. Um, it's been identified as, a, as an issue. What do you want to do? And with, the only thing right now that I can see uh, with any p- r- power is prohibiting the use of TikTok on U.S. Go- on government uh, issued phones right. Right. Um, and computers. But th- it's a, there's a much much larger problem. People have got to understand that in China there are no there's no independence. These uh, organizations are run by the the Chinese government, either the military or the intelligence community. Period. There's none. There's there's, there's, there's no private enterprise in China. Right. Um, uh, now that that's okay, but, but the problem you have is we are still you we still uh, have a huge amount of money going back and forth between China and the U.S. Yep. A yep. lot of interest going on. But as far as this TikTok issue, I think everyone has um, cleared their voice and made it known. Now now let's see what we actually do about it. And so so far, since the use of the Internet, uh, we haven't done much as far as getting in control. Um, We do give a lot of great speeches, though.
1: Yeah, well, you know, one of the most interesting part of uh, the hearings yesterday, although this this happened outside uh, Colonel David Hunt, uh, who wrote a great book, by the way, um, everybody should read it. It's called Without Regret, and you'll get a sense of how much David knows about, uh, Colonel David Hunt knows about what's going on in the military. But I, I had to throw that in, and uh, I'll remind everyone at the end about the book. But one of the most, I thought, hilarious things was when an American congressman gets up outside the hearing and he says, you are a racist if you oppose TikTok. Don't be racist toward China, you know? Um, and it, it, stunned me and all these people are behind this congressman and they're nodding their head. We're racist. We don't want TikTok because we're racist against, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese people. And, you know, the, 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 the funny part of it is that China jails ethnic minorities. Or anyone um, whose population growth threatens their social stability or their so-called national identity, and yet we're taking the side of them when, at any moment, you know they can jail and uh, you know they've got these labor camps where if you have w- more than one baby, they'll throw you into a labor camp and they call it an educational camp. And yet, you know, we're so stupid sometimes, Colonel Cunt, We can't peel back the layer of the onion.
2: I, I'm feeling microaggressions coming off you, Judge. <laughs> uh, Judge. See, that's when when you have the kind that kind of phrase, microaggressions, or when you one person <laughs> when they fall to when someone falls to the argument of racism, and something as straightforward as what's up with TikTok. First of all, they have no argument; they're stupid, and everyone <laughs> falls and, and tries to fall in line because they're afraid. Once that once the racist word is thrown, oh, I, I've got to stop talking. Period. Right. It's ridiculous. It was a stupid remark to make and has no relevance.
1: Zero. It has. But, and you know what? I'll tell you, Colonel Hunt. A, I don't think the word true. racist means anything anymore. It's like everybody's a racist. You do this, you're a racist. You do that, it's a racist. It's almost like you don't hear the word anymore. Well, I think it's a, yeah, but I do think it's, a, it's important to
2: as you do, that that um we, we pay attention to racism. Oh of course. Not Absolutely.
1: Okay, Absolutely course she, I fought but it but as a DA. I mean but it's just did, thrown around so we,
2: freely. That's the problem. It's now I think actually my dog Riley is racist. I I do think that the the way she went at this dog in the neighborhood, I think my dog is a racist.
1: Well I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a book that really is written by someone uh, who is very knowledgeable about the topic and has been, you know, at the razor's edge for many years? It's Colonel David Hunt, and I want to thank you, Colonel Hunt, for joining us on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. It's good to have you on. Have a great thank Sunday.
2: You're, you're welcome. I'm
1: you're all welcome. right. Bye-bye. And never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate eleven dollars a month at t2t dot org. That's t the number two t dot org. And up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I'll be speaking with Attorney Alan Dershowitz about that potential indictment of President Donald Trump. Right here on the Red Apple Audio Network.
0: This is the Janine Firo Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau.
1: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is an attorney, a professor, an author. Uh, His new book is called Get Trump the threat to civil liberties, due process, and our constitutional rule of law. Please join me in welcoming Alan Dershowitz to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, I'm sure you all know of Professor Dershowitz. Uh, he was a professor at Harvard Law School. It doesn't get much more prestigious than that. Um, he has uh, a an incredible uh, legal background, uh, and his new book is The Price of Principle. Why integrity is worth the consequences. So, I mean, I can't imagine a more knowledgeable individual to talk about this effort to indict the former president than Professor Alan Dershowitz. So, Professor Dershowitz, I will start with this. It seems as though a definite indictment became a certain indictment, became a probable, became a maybe. And now is there going to be an indictment against uh, uh, pro- former President Donald Trump?
3: Not if uh, District Attorney Bragg has any sense at all. First of all, he has only three choices. Uh, Now that the Cohen uh, background has been exposed by Costello, he has only three choices. Michael
1: Cohen, that is the former attorney for Donald Trump. Right.
3: He can try to make the case without Cohen, uh, using people like the former head or the head of the National Enquirer. That will be a very weak case. Uh, He could drop the case, uh, which he should do. Or... He could put Cohen on the witness stand and endanger his own bar standing. Remember, it is an ethical violation for a prosecutor. You know this. To put on the witness stand a witness that he knows is lying. How can anybody not know that Cohen will be lying? He has told completely contradictory stories to his own lawyers, to the federal government. Uh, The best he can say is, well, I was lying then, I'm not lying now. But he's lying now, and a decent prosecutor, an honest prosecutor, cannot rely on somebody he knows to be lying. So I suspect there are people in his office, in Bragg's office, who are saying, wait a minute. This is going to get the office in trouble. Remember, this is the office that used to be headed by Bob Morgenthau. That's right. Frank Hogan, the greatest prosecutorial office, other than yours maybe, but the greatest <laughs> prosecutorial office in America it was the you know the 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 gold standard and now look what it's come to this is the worst case of prosecutorial discretion abuse i have seen in my 60 60- Years of practice, there's you know, no Professor there's Dershowitz. No misdemeanor. There's no felony. Yeah, right,
1: right. And uh, I think that uh, both of us. I mean, you know, you've been a uh, very famous defense attorney. I mean, I spent my whole life as uh, on the prosecution side and and uh, on the bench. But it seems to me that the idea that Bragg said no, the Federal Election Committee said no. Uh, the Southern District of New York said no. Everybody, and, and everybody refused. Cy Vance, the former DA. Everyone who yeah. looked at this said no. Then this guy, Mark Pomerantz, who yeah. was an assistant U.S. attorney for many years, he literally says, I'll work for free to get Trump. He leaves the office. You want to talk about another one who's involved in unethical and, and uh, impro- improper behavior? He writes a book based upon what his uh, uh, impression of what's going on and the information he got in the DA's office. And then all of a sudden there's pressure on Alvin Bragg. Does Alvin Bragg then respond to the last and loudest voice? Is he that weak? I mean, a guy, the DA, Alvin Bragg, he reduces felonies to misdemeanors. That's his first day mission.
3: Yeah, look, remember, the reason I entitled my book Get Trump, it's not an original title with me. That was the campaign pledge of the attorney general of New York. She promised if you elect me, attorney general, I will, quote, get Trump. The same thing was true of Bragg. He promised that he would uh, target uh, Trump. And, and the idea that you now, after all these years, what about the statute of limitations? Now, New York has some strange interpretations, but the statute itself is as clear as can be. In order to avoid the statute, you have to be continuously outside of the state. Now, he wasn't continuously right. uh, outside of, of the state. Uh, he was in and out uh, of the state. And, and the reason they didn't indict had nothing to do with there Was not evidence or he was escaping or anything like that? They didn't want. They made a decision not, not to. to
1: prosecute. That's
3: right. And that and the policies behind the statute of limitations are clear here. Also, you as I you know in my book Get Trump, I go through every one of the four cases against Trump: the one in Georgia, the one in Florida, the one in Washington D.C. There is nothing to any of them. Any first-year law student, if the defendant's name was John Smith, could win these cases without even going in front of a jury, just in front of a judge, but because the guy's name is Donald Trump. And I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I voted against him twice. Mm -hmm. I'm a liberal Democrat, but I care more about the rule of law than I do about the – politics
1: well and well so, professor alan dershowitz uh, you always have you have always cared about the the fundamental issue the facts are really not what sway you it's the law i mean that is a history and that is who you have been your entire life and and i respect you for that although you, you know there are times i don't agree and that's good yeah, but yeah, you, you sure. got you're you're smart you're a smart professional who understands the importance of the law. But the law is now being weaponized to go after political enemies. Who would have thought in the United States, Professor Dershowitz?
3: Yeah, well, I'll tell you why I would have thought. I was part of the civil rights movement in the 1960s, and I trained at Howard University for how to get down to the south. And the first thing they told me is don't put out your cigarette on the the ground and don't spit on the ground because they're targeting you. And they will indict you for a felony for, believe it or not, destroying government property. That stuck with me for the last 60 years. Mm -hmm. So it was the segregationist sheriffs in the South that were trying to target civil rights workers. And that's the precedent that Bragg is now using
1: to target Donald Trump. It's a shame. It's a scandal. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is the the idea. So if we could explain this to the listeners. So the Federal Election Commission had made a decision not to go forward because the, the fundamental issue is there is a payment that was made to uh, this Stormy Daniels. And yeah. that payment was made by Michael Cohen. And the president before he ran apparently was paying him in monthly installments and taking it as legal expenses. They then say, no, that was really a campaign expense. Now I want you to consider this. Hillary Clinton what paid for that steel dossier, which we know was fake, which was used as a basis for an illegal warrant gotten from the FISA court. And she took that as a legal expense to Perkins Coy. Now, the Federal Election Commission fined her for that, but nobody indicted her, and it's worse on her part because she actually used campaign funds. Donald Trump used his own money, and that's not illegal. It happens every day by heads of corporations and people who just want things to go away non-disclosure. Am I oh, right or wrong there?
3: No, we know that, and you have to have a single standard of law. Uh, under the prosecution's theory, you expect that Trump and Cohen would pay Stormy Daniels a non-disclosure agreement and then list on his corporate form. The reason I paid it is because I was giving hush money to a porn star in order to prevent my wife from learning <laughs> oh, yeah. that I had an <laughs> adulterous affair. When's the last time that ever happened? How is it possible a crime to say that it was for legal expenses? Again, maybe a maybe a fine, maybe a slap on the wrist. And then to turn that into a felony by saying it never occurred to Trump that this would protect him against uh, recriminations by his business associates, by his wife, etc. The only reason he did this was to help himself get elected uh, president. It's so absurd.
1: Well, especially, you know, he's married to Melania Trump. Uh you know I, I would I would understand how he would want her to know about it uh, and uh you know it, it any husband doesn't want his wife to know about this kind of thing uh and you know he says it's not true anyway and and by the way did, did she just come out recently and say it never happened this stuff just never ends and Michael Cohen is ended. like you know uh, this guy is a perjurer he's a liar I mean, he is the last thing that I would ever uh, use as a basis for a prosecution. Well,
3: that to me, you know, I taught legal ethics for 35 years at Harvard. And, the, and I used to have prosecutors come by the class. I had Stephen Trott, who was this great prosecutor the form, and now a judge. I had Rudy Giuliani. I'm sorry I never had you, but I would have prosecutors come by yeah. all the time. And the first rule they would say is you cannot put a witness on the stand unless you are confident that that witness is telling the truth. The same thing is true for a defense attorney. I've been practicing law for all these years. I had never put a witness on the stand who I had any doubt about their credibility, which is why 90% of my clients never took the stand because I didn't allow them to. That was the rule. You don't lie if you're represented by Alan Dershowitz. That's the rule, and that should be the rule for Bragg. You don't lie if you're called as a witness by by the district attorney, but he can't help lying. It's not his fault. He's not his fault. He doesn't know the difference between truth and falsity. As he told his lawyer, I'll do anything to escape prison. And we know that sometimes... Defendants do that and he didn't escape prison, but he's blaming all that Hello? on Donald Trump. And believe me, he hasn't certainly suddenly come down and heard the word of God who said, now you must tell the truth. That's just not the way it works.
1: Well, it's not only not the way it works, but uh, for a prosecutor not to realize that is pathetic. And I think Alan Bragg is pathetic. I mean, this is a guy who on his first day in office as DA in Manhattan, so-called DA, said, hey, if you bring in, uh, you know, an Uzi or uh, an AR-15 uh to a robbery but you don't shoot anybody it will give you a misdemeanor i mean like come in with a bazooka if you want to <laughs> you know it's crazy crazy wanting social justice for some and wanting to literally crucify others hey, professor alan you- dershowitz um you know what do you think's going to happen in the end here
3: well, I think in the end, the likelihood is he'll be indicted. And then the question is, will it elected judge in New York? And you know elected judges in New York. You've been one. Will a judge in New York have the courage to mm-hmm. throw this out on legal grounds? Or will he worry, the judge or she, that she'll be Alan Dershowitz? Remember what happened when I defended President uh, Trump in the floor of the Senate. Oh, yes. People stopped talking to me. They wouldn't go to the gym with my wife. Caroline oh. Kennedy said if, that if I knew you had been invited to this dinner, I wouldn't have come. Every, any judge who throws out in Manhattan, who throws out a case against Donald Trump, will be ostracized, canceled, and lose their friends. And, you know, I have an article in today's New York uh, Daily News. You cannot get a fair trial if your name is Donald Trump in the, in the borough of Manhattan. It's yeah. impossible. Maybe Westchester County, maybe Staten Island, maybe upstate New York. Manhattan, what, 87% vote against Trump? You think that any judge, any juror will be ready to face their friends if it's known that that juror or judge uh, voted to acquit or threw the case out on legal grounds? I don't think he has a ghost of a chance of getting a fair trial. You
1: know, Professor Alan Dershowitz, it is stunning that you and I are having a conversation that if a judge rules according to the law, and I would dismiss based upon, you know, the insufficiency of the indictment, but that, that this is America and people, and this is all the left, We've got to be clear. I don't know anybody on the right who's doing this. This is all the left and people unfriend you. People don't talk to you. A friend of mine who is a very successful uh, person in New York City, you know, I saw him. I bumped into him. He said, please, please don't tell my wife that that um, I said hello to you. I mean, we're walking, I, I walked by him on the street and I was like, you've been to my house. The two of you have been friends for years. Our kids went to school together. The hate and the fascism from the left to not tolerate anyone on the right is stunning.
2: How did, so look how did at what they get away
1: with, with this? Where was the, where was the the bump that they got over that was like, oh, it's okay to hate everybody on the right?
3: Well, look at what happened with Larry David. He was a close friend of mine. He used to come to my house to work out in my gym. We would have uh, dinner at my house three four times every summer. Sees me. After I represented President Trump and he says, you're disgusting, I'll never talk to you again, yells at me, screams at me. Uh, I helped his daughter get into college. Um, I advised sure. him on his show on numerous issues. Uh, but, you know, the, the Trump thing, and I didn't vote for Trump. No. Uh, but he, that doesn't matter to him. I'm, a, I'm What he called me was an enabler. I'm an enabler. That's what they said during McCarthyism, that if mm-hmm. you're a lawyer, a civil liberties lawyer, who represented somebody accused of being a communist, you're an enabler of Stalin. You're an enabler of communism. It's not the way our legal system works. I'm not an enabler. I'm a lawyer. You know, I represent people, and I represent them because the Sixth Amendment says they have a right to trial by jury with a competent counsel. And I'm going to continue doing that, even if I have no friends. You know, it's interesting because I have... A lot of people on the right don't like me because I say over and over again that I didn't vote for Trump. And, of course, more yeah, people cares? on the right. I
1: hate. don't care. Am yeah. I insulting? No. Good for, I mean, you make your own decision. Of course. Of That's course. That's America. Course.
3: Yeah. My wife stood over me when I cast my ballot for uh, Biden because she wasn't completely sure that I wouldn't vote for Trump. So she actually videotaped me filling in the form that I voted for Biden so she could tell her friends <laughs> that she knows for sure that I didn't vote for oh, Trump. I mean, that the social pressures are incredible. In fact, that incident led me to think that we should not have absentee uh, ballots as the norm, because although in my case, it's a joke, I would have voted for Biden anyway. I can imagine some people being influenced by others if they vote um, by paper, the um, letters uh, without any supervision and uh, without any... Uh, isolation so you know that's another issue i'm concerned about Uh, but that's for a different day look get trump The book, get trump that's if you buy my book get trump that is telling brag we have somebody watching you there is accountability and one Mm -hmm. of the reasons i wrote this book is i knew it would be unpopular with some people but it's Mm -hmm. really important for people to know that history will account for these people that 10 years from now 20 years from now People are going to be asking, did you violate Why? the Constitution to get Why?
1: Trump? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, Professor Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I want to thank you for being with us today. You've been a great guest, and a good luck with the book.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate All it. All right. Be well.
1: All right. And never forget, that's the commitment we made on nine eleven. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org.
0: It's the Cats Roundtable on 77 WABC.
1: Do you have a long-time IRA or 401k? If so, maybe you're like other smart Americans who want to protect their money with a gold IRA. And if that's so, you should know about a very special company that I trust, Augusta Precious Metals. They're different. They'll even discourage a gold IRA if it's not good for you. No pressure, just facts. You see, our government has lost control of the economy and devalued our dollars. That's serious for retirees because there's no time to make up shorts. Falls. But you can do something to protect your money. If you've saved at least $100,000, please ask about a free one on one web conference with Augusta Precious Metals for private info about the economy and gold IRAs. Take action now for peace of mind in your future. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774 Gold IRA. Tell them I sent you to sign up for that web conference and they'll pay your fees for up to 10 years. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 8774 Gold IRA. Okay.
0: For an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau.
1: Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. You will recall that a few weeks back, China sent a spy for the United States. Uh, and, uh, we had that so-called window where they didn't quite catch it when it went over the Aleutian Islands. Uh, but we certainly knew what it was when it was over our intercontinental ballistic missile sites and it traversed the, the entire country, uh, gathering intelligence and information. Now what we've got and what we heard this week were hearings, uh, where a, an individual by the name of Chu representing TikTok came before Congress and basically testified, that oh, everything is okay with TikTok. Your kids love it. 150 million Americans are on it, mostly, uh, you know, Generation Z. And which are the young ones, I think, you know, between the ages of 19 and maybe 25 or something like that. And it's all innocent stuff, everyone. Well, let me tell you something. You may recall that President Trump said TikTok was a bad thing in the United States. Well, now what we're seeing are the fact that what we're seeing is the fact that China through TikTok is able to literally surveil the individual that has TikTok on their phone. And so it is a sophisticated surveillance tool that Beijing created. And, you know, this Mr. Chu, he answers in Congress. Uh, it's hilarious. This guy's actually talking about free speech when the Chinese have labor camps and have, you know, concentration camps with the Uyghurs in it because of their identity and, and their religion. So, um, He comes to America, and both the Democrats and the Republicans, for the most part, are against TikTok. They have biometric identifiers, folks, that can trace what your kids are doing, what your grandchildren are doing, and it's literally a weapon by the Chinese Communist Party to spy and exploit Americans. And, you know, there is a parent company called ByteDance. That's based in China. And the CCP has automatic access to that information. And, you know, China is coming over here telling us, oh, it's totally innocent. It's not, because it can also grab any other information on the iPhone that it's on. And if I need to remind you of anything else, in addition to the spy craft uh, going over the United States, gathering intelligence, now this TikTok that has intelligence from 150 Americans that can also send out uh, misinformation uh, and that also has things like NyQuil challenges, blackout challenges, where kids have actually died with some of these so-called cool challenges. I'll add to the fact that China, according to the head of the FBI, has stolen more U.S. data than all other nations combined, and this week, China meeting with Vladimir Putin talking about a new world order? I mean, folks, how dumb do we have to be to figure out that China is looking to subjugate the United States economically, uh, politically, militarily, and to put us down? And we are over here talking about something that sounds innocuous, but is literally one of the weapons in their arsenal. It's time for us to make sure that TikTok is removed from our children and our grandchildren's phones. I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show.
0: This is the
3: Janine Firo Show.